Want to cut cooling bills without cutting comfort? Lower utility costs and enjoy cool and consistent comfort with a highly efficient air conditioner from Luxair. With Luxair's consumer rebate program, educators, nurses, first responders, military personnel, and veterans can enjoy exclusive rebates on qualifying purchases of Luxair equipment. To learn more, call Chris Brewer at Affordable Heat and Air, 317-656-7945. They'll recommend a system tailored to your home that provides comfort, energy savings, and lasting performance. This is Trackside with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee, brought to you by Luxair Premium Residential Systems, a smart choice in home comfort on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Less than half a lap ago, Cordy Jackcock by five car lengths over Rick Mears. They're in the north, short shoot. Here they come. This is the final quarter lap. John Cock maintains the lead. The voice of the 500, Paul Page. Who's going to win it? Johncock off the fourth turn. Mears is right behind him. Johncock. Mears makes a try. Johncock wins it by less than one-tenth of a second. Gordon Johncock has won his second 500. Rick Mears comes across in second place almost side by side. They come onto the main stretch. It's Mario Andretti being chased by Danny Sullivan. Sullivan darts out, pulls alongside Mario Andretti. It's a drag race down the main stretch. Can Sullivan pull Andretti into the first turn, Ron Carroll? I got him, and it is Danny Sullivan gets him. Danny Sullivan gets him. No, he's squirrely. No, he's spinning. Danny Sullivan spins, but he goes around twice and gathers it in. Absolutely incredible. Danny Sullivan spun in front of Mario Andretti, gathered the car back up and continues on, and Sullivan only fell back to second place. And history is matched as the twin checkered flags come out for our second four-time winner of the Indianapolis 500, Al Unser. Roberto Guerrero comes across the line, finishing 4.4 seconds back. The Penske team scores another victory. They're side by side, Emil on the inside, Al Connor traffic, goes high, they touch wheels, Al Jr. into the wall hard, Emerson Fittipaldi keeps on going, they touched wheels, Al Jr. into the wall and Emerson Fittipaldi will lead them back to the yellow flag. That'll get you going as the month of May rolls along. We revisit the 1980s, courtesy of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network, that was... Well, those are, I think most of our audience will recognize all those classic highlights. You want to talk moments? Those races had those, 82, 85, 87 more about the finish. I'm not sure that 87 had the moment, uh, but a four-time winner. And then 1989 with leaders coming together. Hello, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Trackside, 93.5, The Fan in Indianapolis. Cinco de Mayo, May 5th. Next week, we start talking about racing again. Road course racing. We'll give that its due coming up for the GMR Indy Grand Prix. Uh, A week from tomorrow, IndyCar will be practicing and qualifying. In fact, they will have just finished up a little while ago. That's always a late afternoon qualifying session. It's a late Saturday afternoon race as well, so we'll start getting into that coming up in the next uh, few days. Kevin Lee, Kurt Cabin, Eddie Garrison is at our Indianapolis studios. You're welcome to join in with a thought at Kevin Lee 23 at Kurt Cabin. We'll get back to your Twitter questions. Uh, as I mentioned at the end of the show last night, some needed more time than I had there. So we'll dive right into that. As I also touched in, touched on last night, uh, yes, there's no racing activity until we get to May 11th, May 12th, but 
the month kind of really begins tomorrow with the 500 Festival Mini Marathon. So good luck to everyone participating in that half marathon uh, excursion tomorrow. And then Rev tomorrow night benefiting IU Health and the IU Health Foundation going on also at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So a lot of cleanup going on for uh, little cups. They try to encourage I, I whenever I ran. I would never throw my cup away anywhere at IMS. I would find it even in the areas where people are set up. I would make sure I found a trash can because it's, you know, that's that's hallowed ground. We can't go desecrating that area. But that's going on uh, this weekend as well. Kurt, how are you? Well, I was I'm great. And it, it occurred to me that if we'll have weather like we've had today and really even yesterday, We'll have a great month because it's been just beautiful in Indianapolis. Let's hope we can we can have this kind of uh, month. It's uh, it really starting to feel real now. You know, those first couple of days of May. Yes, we were on the radio talking about you know the the upcoming activities. But I think as we roll into this, you know, it seems like when the Derby is run, which which will happen tomorrow on NBC, we can talk about that a little bit because one of our drivers will be there, and it'll just be. It'll be gentlemen, start your engines for a full three weeks of activity at IMS. I get worried when there's really nice weather right now and nothing is going on. You know, I I don't want to waste it. Uh, Let's say sunny in 75 for next weekend and certainly uh, or race day. You know, we get greedy and we want it on carb day. And I'd really like to see a clean carb day weather day for multiple purposes, purposes for the carb day crowd. And I would like uh, Jackson's race at Raceway Park to run on time and everything happened there as well. Um, We've got news on the Burger Bash. So we'll get to that in a second. And just a reminder of some of the other things I probably haven't. Maybe I've mentioned this once or twice, uh, but we do have a link up for uh, tickets to an event benefiting autoimmune disease research. One of Jackson's partners is Race for RP and the Relapsing Polychondritis Foundation. So this is a little bit different than the Burger Bash. One, it's race weekend, and I know we have people that miss having a race weekend event. It's not carb night, but it's close. It's Thursday night. And what I would also say that it's different than the Burger Bash is the Burger Bash can be free. Yes, we have VIP tickets if you want free liquor and you want free uh really cool prime 47 food but it's free where you can purchase as they say a la carte at your desire uh and that's an outdoor event it's just a fun fan event that that kurt you started what 15 years ago now the thursday night event uh is going to be more of a premier exclusive event and there has been some entertainment frankly paid for So we need to pay for that entertainment. Now, they've given us discounts because they know it's for charity, but we've hired a band, Clayton Anderson. He's awesome. He gave us a discount. Um, We've hired some hosts to come and help, and they gave us big discounts as well. And then we have uh, paid for food. Silo gave us a discount. It's, by the way, at the Silo Auto Auto Conservancy. If you haven't been there and you just like cool cars, this is where people that have multiple cars and not enough room in their driveway or garage store the extras. So just from that, just kind of walking around is kind of cool. And then they have a really nice bar area uh, that, oh, I'm going to say fits 70 50 to 70 people where they do entertaining. And that's where we're going to entertain. And we're going to have some surprises there. I suspect my NBC friends will stop by with me. Derek Daly is going to host. 
Um, we're working on some other things with that. And it's $150. And that's the only way you can get in. Maybe I'll give away a couple later on the show later in the month, but this is not a free event because we're there to raise money and cover the costs for the event as well. Um, if you go to Jackson's blog, there's a blog page, jacksonleeracing.com. You can find his latest blog, which has links to that. And it's also raceforrp.org up at the top. There is a link for that. So we'll talk more about that. And I might have some more news on who might be coming a little later on. Here's our news on the Prime 47 Burger Bash benefiting the IU Comprehensive Cancer Center. Uh, you know how I joked about my basement being flooded and Peterman Brothers was on the way and there presents an opportunity. Boom! Peterman Brothers has made a donation to the IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center and they are now our presenting sponsor. So uh, they will be joining us and uh, mostly that's what it is. It, it's just going to be money going to the Cancer Center and it's not because of the flood. Uh, I, I'm not that quick at getting deals done. We had already been working on that, although it really didn't start until last week. So this is just a coincidence. And I was already a customer of Peterman Brothers Heating and Cooling. So we're happy to have them on board as well. And we've added uh, another reason that people might want to come. Indy Simulation, which is run by Kerry Bettenhausen. And I think his brother also was involved into it, but Carrie's who I deal with the most, Gary Bittenhausen's son. He's bringing out his portable simulator. So we'll have that on site for a donation to the Cancer Center. You'll be able to do some laps. We'll have plenty of professional drivers there to help coach you up a little bit. So that adds into things like we already have with the Prime 47 food, which is also, if you don't buy a VIP ticket, it's available for sale. We encourage you to uh, take part in the vip area we'll have a seating section you'll have access to the indoor bathrooms and so forth and indy brew bus is going to be there uh taking care of our food and drinks so excited for it that's monday the 22nd remember there's a practice that day as well from one to three hang around a little bit i'll tell you this too uh, i know hinch and rossi are doing their podcast in a suite that afternoon the owner of said suite is a friend of mine. If you'd like a combo VIP package, I can get you the hookup for that. Uh, we can we can do something where we can get you into the suite to watch that practice with Hinch and Rossi, or with, I, I don't think with Rossi, and I hope not with Hinch because I think he's going to be busy working with me, but they'll come up there after 3 o'clock and you can hang out there for a couple of hours and then come over and join us at the Burger Bash at the USAC building right across the street in, in the back parking lot from 6 until 8.30 or so. And while we're doing shameless plugs, I have sweet tickets left over from the Jackson Lee Racing sponsor packages that we're offering basically a trial basis for potential partners. You can get sweet tickets basically for the cost of what it would take to go get a suite for the Indy 500 or for GP Weekend or for some other days, and then we'll slap a sticker of your company on Jackson's car and do a meet and greet and things like that. So there you go. I hope you were taking notes. I, I was afraid the segment was going to be over. Um, I would tell you that um, that we have been getting calls from, from NTT IndyCar Series drivers to attend the Burger Bash. One of them even asked if there was a, an actual invitation he could receive. I was I'm like, working well, on it. I'm uh, working we can, on it. We can work on that. That's why when I tell you I'm busy a lot of times during the day, I'm busy a lot of times during the day. 
<laughs> and there is a list that I'm not through yet. Well, this is, I think we handled I, this one. I texted someone who might have won the race recently uh, today. How do you do? Uh, is he interested? Well, he might be at the Kentucky Derby today. I forgot that he was going down early today. So I'm going to revisit that on Monday. Yeah, that uh, that Indy 500 winner from a year ago. He wants to retrace all the steps that he took last year because it was such a magical month for him and a career and a, and and really a life a life uh, changing moment to win the Indianapolis 500. And you can see, I mean, you can speak to this even even better than I can. Just how much how much more confident and just relaxed and poised Marcus Erickson seems these days. He just has. I mean, he wasn't lacking in confidence. That's not the point. He just looks like I belong, and I, I've found a home here in IndyCar. He's admitted it. You know, lacking confidence, like you say, is probably the w- wrong way, but he has a lot more confidence now. And I remember talking with him. I think we kind of felt like that Detroit weekend when he won, and I know it took circumstance. It took Will Power's car not starting for it to happen, but he still was strong. He was second that weekend, but I remember having that co- uh, conversation with him that weekend and probably earlier that season that, you know, you got to break through. I- I've got more confidence than I did last year, so this would have been in 21, but when I break through and get that win, it's going to be different, and we've talked about that many times since then, and that's, again, why he's led the championship more than anyone else over the last two years. Some of it's double points from the Indy 500, but this year it's not double points. Yeah. He he doesn't generally have awful days, and that's why he can. He, you win some races, and he's won one already again this year. You win some races and don't have awful weekends. That's how you're going to stay in the fight, likely, uh, until the, the very end. Um you know, maybe we'll address this because I know this is a big deal on social media and I'll offer a thought. Uh, uh, th- there's been a lot made that Lewis Hamilton referenced. Well, one, the, the NASCAR media is that, yeah, I'd like to try uh, NASCAR at some point. Maybe not race, but just drive one. And then, yeah, I'd be, you know, I, I watch IndyCar every once in a while and I'd be interested in giving that a go. So two ways to look at it. One, yes, that's cool. Two, He's smart. He's in America. When you're asked about this, you're a moron if you say, no, I have no interest in NASCAR. Uh, IndyCar looks like a waste of time. No, they understand that they're trying to get people that don't watch Formula One that like NASCAR and who like IndyCar to say, oh, this Lewis Hamilton guy is okay. Three, if he really is a racing driver, just a chance to drive one. If he says, I'm not interested, I'm not sure he's really a racing driver. And he is a racing driver. So, yes, uh, he'd be interested in in driving one, I would think. Now, is he going to go too far out of his way to do it since he's already driven a NASCAR? Maybe, maybe not. But it, it's the easy answer on that. Do I expect him to race? And I guess maybe you would have said the same thing about Jensen Button in NASCAR. And he was thinking about IndyCar. At one point, Lewis Hamilton is a little bit different situation. So do I expect him to race in either? No, I do not. But yeah, if you're IndyCar, you need to at least make the offer. Would you like to do, would you like to run some laps in a car? It's here and available. And that's when you'll find out whether he's serious. And my guess is the answer is, eh, no thanks, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, you usually can tell right away when a guy answers that question because 
you know, either he lights up or he just says, yeah, I'd like to try it. And that's kind of the end of the answer. So, yeah, I would, I think you're, you're spot on with this. He's interested to a degree. He's not, he's not crossing three streets to do it. Uh, he might walk across the street to do it, but he's not going to, yep. he's not going to catch the bus and, and, uh, and hail a cab to get there. He's, he's, he's going to, if it comes easily enough and he was already at Coda, for example, then maybe he might do it. And it might take uh, a partnership, yes, uh, or a partnership. opportunity too, where there's um, what am I getting out of this? I think that's the way to make something like that happen. Also of note, I saw quotes from Jimmy Johnson where he said he's not ruling out driving again, and you know that could be lip service as well. But with Jimmy, who I I do know better than Lewis Hamilton, meaning I have no knowledge of Lewis Hamilton and I'm not going to tell you I know Jimmy Johnson but but I I know Jimmy Johnson yeah, sure and I do. think that's genuine that he probably thinks it's unlikely but I will leave him a chance and here's how it could happen much easier if Toyota comes to IndyCar now that's got to happen pretty soon and I think the soonest we're already looking at 26 and I'm not hinting that anything is close I don't believe anything is close but I do believe Toyota was the close to making something happen. And there were people that believed it was going to happen at one point. So I think we're, I mean, unless a deal is done that we don't know about, it's by the end of the month too late for 25. Agreed. So now we're, yeah, and it would be announced, I would think, in May. If, and I'm not, I'd be shocked if that happens. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they're just wonderfully keeping the wraps on thing, which Penske Entertainment is really good at. So you just never know. But if that happened, and I, I know you might say, well, Jimmy'd be about 50. He's no, going to be no different physically, I think, in three years than he is now. Jimmy Johnson is always going to be fit, and he could do it. Likely? Eh, no, but that, that would be a scenario. And he could still drive a Chevy. He could still drive a Chevy in the circumstance. So while it's probably very unlikely, you just never know. Because Jimmy likes to be challenged. And I loved the response that he had to someone slamming him. You know, when he, that quote saying, stick to being a team owner. Your IndyCar career wasn't actually that great. Stick to being a team owner. And Jimmy said, why you ask for me? It's about the experiences. I'm not sure what it's like in your life, but I found it hard, if not impossible, to be good at everything I do. It's one of the reasons I really like Jimmy Johnson so much that he was willing to struggle. Yeah. Just because he wanted the challenge and wanted the experience. And you make the point, you know, you say, and I get why you say it. I don't really know Jimmy Johnson, but you do. Yeah, because I do, but, you know, every, I'm not like buddies. Yeah, no, but everything. Here's the thing with Jimmy, and this is what I've told people and I think is true. Everything we have seen and you you see of Jimmy from afar is is it's pretty much is. It's who he is. It, it, and it doesn't change when the lights go on. And there's, I mean, there's certainly a lot of athletes like that, but there aren't many that are as as true to himself as Jimmy is. So I've had immeasurable respect for him since I first got to know him 20 years ago. And, and just being around him at Indy, that's who Jimmy is. Um, 100 days to Indy last night. I'll say this, I successfully, and, and I am a technical moron, so this is how it can work easily for you. I successfully downloaded the CW app today and had it on 
within one minute. That's how quick it was. Nice job. I have I have Roku on my TV, so I don't know if it's, but I think any smart TV is going to have that ability to do that. I found the uh, process very easy. You do have commercials when you watch in that case, but I felt like that was a nice trade-off for not needing to purchase another streaming service, that this was simply free. And I really enjoyed this show. I thought it highlight. It's always difficult to say because ultimately our opinion doesn't matter. They got us. Uh, I want to know what someone, if we can get somebody to watch it that's not really been exposed to IndyCar, what they think. But that's kind of uh, a bonus when those of us that like the sport come away entertained. So happy with that. I would encourage people taking a look at it. And what I like about it also is for a casual fan, it exposes them to what oval racing is. I would say this might be the most important episode that there is because it shows you the thrill of oval racing, which is what the Indy 500 brings. Well, I don't know if it's the most important one. I, I appreciate why you said that. I think the most important one is going to be the last couple as you really start to get the vibe. Maybe even True. the last. The, they'll, they'll show practice highlights. Yes, yes. And you'll really see, okay, this is what I will see if I tune in on on May 28th. If anything, I mean, I love the whole concept of the show and we know the benefits and and so forth. But at its core, at its core, this is a this is a tease or a commercial, if you will. Not really a commercial, but, you know, it's very much a lead in to the Indy 500. So if if that fifth show can show people why it's cool to turn tune in on May 28th and it's this has been a success. Uh, I liked my level of appearance compared to drivers. I want to keep that at a minimum. This is about the drivers, and I think I was about 12 seconds again, which is, I believe, the right amount. We don't need two minutes of me yapping. We get an hour of that every night. That's enough. We also, I think, had a good quote. We need more Gavin Ward. Gavin Ward is willing to be honest. He's the first one, and they haven't had any team principal types on there like they do in Drive to Survive. But how about this for uh, ratcheting up the rivalry a little bit? It mentioned that Gavin left Team Penske, which no one ever does. And I had people telling me, well, he must have been fired because no one leaves Team Penske. No, they wanted to move on. So one, you got Joseph admitting that it was a tough loss. Uh, By the way, two, when you're fired, they don't hold you to a non-complete compete generally until next July. And we didn't see Gavin Ward until July 1st of last season. But Gavin said, uh, you know, one of the reasons uh, I've seen things done before. And I thought, yeah, I got some ideas. I'd like to try it my way. And his quote was, is there a better way to do it than Penske? Absolutely. Nice. Boom, right? I love that. That, yeah. that needs to be. And I'm sure that's going in the Penske garage at this point. So good on Gavin for standing it up. I moved, and this is now the team I'm with. Yeah, and he that was probably one of, you know, 30 minutes of conversation, but they got the money quote out of him, didn't they? Yeah, and that's what I say. It's always, you know, when you do those, you sit down, because each the first time it was two hours, and the other two has been about an hour each. And that's the key to, you, you know this as a journalist, when you talk to somebody for an hour and a half, Sometimes you slip and you let your guard down and you start saying things you probably shouldn't say as you get a little more honest. And that's the quote that's going to be used. (laughs) So we'll see. I'll continue to sweat these out as we move forward. Fleetwood Marky Moose uh, touched on this. He said, how's the mosquito breeding ground basement coming along? Is Henry County spraying the street yet? So um, they're all doing a good job. Hayes and Sons is taking care 
uh, of the the restoration project. So we're going to work on them next. And I have not contacted <laughs> them, but we're going to work on them next to donate to uh, Race for RP or the IU Cancer Center and get involved in Jackson's program. But yes, my basement is no more at this point. There's no floor. Uh, the bottom of the walls have been cut out about two feet high and yeah, I won't be going down there. So I got to, I got to join a gym again for a little while. I don't have a gym. Uh, here was the one I was going to get into last night from Paul with May being the most high profile month in the IndyCar season, which drivers most need to have a good month of May. He says, I'll start Renus VK. And my first answer was I need more time on this because I think I could make a list of about six to eight drivers who really need to get it going very soon to ensure their situation. That doesn't mean they're going to be fired if it doesn't go well, but to allow them to relax, there are a lot of people that don't have deals done for next year. Well, the first two that come to mind, one has a deal for next year, one does not. The first one would be Felix Rosenquist. Uh, I think it would it would be massively beneficial. Uh, the other one is Colton Herta, just given his status and and uh, his his desire to you know to get back in the in the level of the standings where he'd like to be, and for the super license, uh, as we talked about earlier in the week, I, Felix is the first one that I come up with, and and there are a lot of drivers whose careers will be impacted positively by an Indy 500 win. So you could include almost everybody who doesn't have a win and some that do. You're right about Colton that he needs to get going, but his job security yeah, is not job in is danger good. and nothing his is going to change good. in his world. And he's still the highest paid driver, no matter how it goes. I'm just going to start in numerical order. These are people that could change their future fortunes of employment with a strong month, because as we've mentioned May is when these decisions are often made. There's more time sitting around. They're talking about it. Um, Elio Castroneves, Felix Rosenquist. Um, again, if Elio wants to be full-time next year, he's going to need to get it going. Otherwise, he's probably looking into 500 and sports cars. Um, you know, there's some others on the, like the Foyt drivers. It's always important for Santino and so forth, but I, I'm not going to speak to him at that point. I think Renus is high. I don't think it's a make or break year for Renus. I believe Renus probably has a multi-year contract. It'd be really nice to get it going, but I don't feel like it's a make or break, and I don't feel like there's huge pressure on him at this point. Devlin Francesco. If he desires to remain at Andretti, it would probably be best to uh, get it going a little bit to guarantee that happening. Jack Harvey, same situation, out of contract at the end of the season. I don't, he's doing the same as his other teammates. It's not Jack Harvey's fault, but when your contract is up, uh, you tend to get looked at a little bit. So I think that's my main list. The other people are going to have some options more on their side. And I will sneak in some more tweets before we're done at the end of the show and others we will get to on Monday because we've got a guest coming up. Kurt is going to chat with IndyCar Radio's Nick Yeoman coming up next. Trackside, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Trackside, brought to you by Luxair Premium Residential Systems, a smart choice and home comfort on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Back with Trackside on a Friday. One of the really good guys is joining us, someone you don't hear maybe as much from on this show. You should. 
Uh, we often have Mark James, the IndyCar Radio Network uh, lead voice, and of course Jake's on this these airways uh, through most of uh, the summer and so forth. Actually, all year, but uh, through the through the year. Uh, Nick Yeoman joins us. In fact, I was thinking, Nick, when was when did you first join the radio network? How long has it been? A decade, probably. Uh, yeah, this will be my 14th Indianapolis 500 broadcast in May. Uh, yeah, 2010 is when I got the opportunity to. Uh, in, in fact, your co it worked out perfectly because your co-host was just moving from radio to television to uh, on the versus side and. There was a spot that uh, the IMS radio network needed to fill. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a while, but uh, this will be year 14. You've been pretty versatile. Uh, you're doing more booth work now. You're doing Indy Next. Uh, you've done Turn 1, I know, at Indy and Turn 2. I mean, you've you've been the pit reporter. Anything you're, you're itching to do, I suppose, be in the booth for the Indy 500 would be one. But maybe just in terms of IMS, you know, is one term more interesting to you than the other? No, I don't think so. I mean, they're all. I mean, there's action in all of those corners. I mean, getting a taste to be in turn two, uh, that was my first opportunity to to do more play by play. And and uh, as you know, over the years, I mean, that's kind of been calamity corner for whatever reason. A lot of accidents happening over there, including uh, Scott Dixon's big one, which which I had a chance to call. But uh, turn one has has been the home for the last uh, handful of years to to get, to get the handoff for Mark James at the start of the race is uh, there, there's nothing like it. So. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's not the cool thing about our radio network is we're all pretty versatile. And, and in a short amount of time, I've got an opportunity to kind of move around and and uh, stretch out the legs and, and kind of work different styles, whether it be in pit lane or doing the victory lane interviews. And now uh, more turn announcing, as you mentioned, anchoring uh, the, the Indy Next coverage, which I've done for the last uh, handful of years. So, uh, no, I, I really enjoy it all, Kurt. The corners at Indy. Uh have you had a fear of heights? Did you have to get over that? Cause you're up very high in turn one and turn two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the climb to the turn two basket is uh, very intimidating because there's a ladder where if you look to the right, all you see is the brickyard crossing parking lot. And there is not a whole lot to catch you if, uh, if you were to slip. So uh, yeah, that one's a little fearful. The turn one, it's a basket that hangs underneath the upper deck. Uh, so it's a really cool spot. Uh, it's it's pretty tight, and I'm a big guy, so it's you know there's not a lot of mo- room to to move around. But it is uh, without a doubt the, one of the best seats in the house, and uh, one I really enjoy the last handful of years. Well, your voice is so recognizable that most of the people who listen to this show, certainly on a podcast or if you're driving down the road, you say, "I've heard that voice. I know Nick Yeoman." But I'll, I'll go ahead and say your name a couple times throughout this segment. But the the Vice show or the show on the CW uh, ran last night, and we are continuing to learn more about maybe the season, things are going on behind the season. You've been covering this. You've been there uh, either on, on site or, or, you know, really studying it. If you were singling out a couple items uh, from the 2023 season to focus on, what are a couple of things that you would have focused on if you were the producer of this show? What, what, what? If if I don't know anything about what's happened so far, what would you tell me? I would say one of the biggest things is is I always love to track the fan bases and the response that some of these drivers get from the crowd. Uh, I mean, one of the coolest things that I always love to do, especially at the speedway in May, is I like to get up in my spot soon enough where during driver intros to pay attention to who's getting a little bit bigger pop from the crowd than, than past years. 
And I think what we saw at Texas Motor Speedway and the amount of people that have gravitated towards Pato Award, uh, there is something there. I mean, this this kid is lightning in a bottle. Um, I mean, obviously, it's such a strong Hispanic population in the United States, and it's it's something that I I really think is is to, to, there to build off of. He he is uh, so personable. I mean, there's just so much personality oozing out of this young man that uh, it, it seems like he's really kind of asserted himself as a star. And and you're seeing more and more drivers that I think are getting that type of response from people as well. Scott McLaughlin, uh, people have, have really taken a liking to him. Alex Pelot is a guy who I think has got a really good shot at winning the Indianapolis 500, obviously already a, a series champion. But um, I, I think it's it's the newer names. We know about Scott Dixon. We know about Joseph Newgarden. And those stories most certainly deserve to be told. But I always kind of look to the future, Kurt, and who are the next superstars of this series. And I, I think we've got some emerging ones that are really starting to show up this year. What about the the conflict? And we don't we haven't seen it really materialize yet in terms of 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 anger, if you will, between Scott McLaughlin and Roman Grosjean. Have you seen even just the slightest little bit that that maybe they they're done racing against each other yet? Uh, I mean, it was it almost spilled over there at, at Barber Motorsports Park this past week. And I mean, credit both of those guys. I think they were both very frustrated and disappointed with how. Uh, it ended in St. Petersburg with neither one of them coming away with a race victory. Um, but but that's that's something that I think you can build off of because those two appear that they're going to be running up front all season long. And and you know how it is. I mean, front runners are like magnets. They're always going to find each other on the racetrack. So uh, that is a storyline I think is, is certainly uh, worth talking about, especially, I mean, the fact that, you know, they were in that same heralded rookie class just a couple years ago. So um, that was a great battle at, at Barber Motorsports Park, and, and I can't wait to see Grosjean versus McLaughlin round three, wherever that may be. It might be on the road course at IMS this upcoming weekend. Not necessarily Nick Yeoman joins us, not necessarily in terms of results, but of the Indy Next guys that you've had a chance to study now and, and be around, is there one of them that might have more of the Pato Award in him than, than maybe one of the others? You know, it's it's very early from a personality standpoint. I mean, it's such a deep field. We're kind of learning about a lot of these guys as we go and, and girls. I mean, getting a chance to to meet Jamie Chadwick. She's very personable and and is obviously trying to find her footing and find some pace. Um, you know, Christian Rasmussen, who who won at Barber Motorsports Park, is kind of an interesting one. Uh, he's a very brash and confident young man, and he will let you know uh, he he thinks he should be on the podium each and every week. And uh, it maybe doesn't cut a lot of his other opponents a lot of slack. And he went out and dominated the race at Barber and kind of moves himself back into championship contention. But he's a guy that uh, I don't think is going to cut a lot of people a lot of slack. Uh, Hunter McElray is one. He, he's a guy that I think a lot of people in a short amount of time, uh, when you get to get to know Hunter, people are really going to like him. He's kind of struggled with some results, but driving for Andretti Autosport, I won't be surprised if he wins a couple races and and is in championship contention. And then. Like I said, we're, we're kind of learning about all these new drivers. Nolan Siegel has had a, a pair of second-place play, finishes to start the season. He's a guy who you look at him, and he looks like he's 12 years old, but clearly there's a lot of talent oozing out of him. And uh, Daniel Frost, I've had some great conversations with that young man, comes from the Singapore, but uh, is, is a really good personality. So it's been great to have this Indy Next series, you know, a, a larger field size, more stories, more driver personalities for us to talk about on race weekends. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as it goes on, we're going to find out uh, who has what it takes. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So we turn the page. We're going to turn it already to the Indy 500 because, you know, it's May and that's what, we, you know, we're Hoosiers and we've been thinking about it since the checkered flag fell last year. What are the first couple of things that come to mind for you in terms of, again, you're going to pull somebody aside who doesn't know a lot about this race. The depth of the field is obviously one of them, but, but what other things would you put in this, in this CW show hundred days to Indy, if you were focused on the Indy 500 as a preview? Um, you know, obviously I think you want to touch on a little bit of the historical nature of the event. Uh, and I mean, talking about some of the stories of those that, that tried and, and never, you know, never got a chance to win the race or those that, that maybe, you know, unfortunately lost their lives trying to, to, to you know, race, racing immortality that we talk about of, of winning the Indianapolis 500 and, and being, you know, putting having your face and likeness on the Borg Warner Trophy. So that historical aspect is there. Um, the speed and the danger of the Indianapolis 500 is something that, you, you know, we get, I think, sometimes lured into a, a false sense of security on practice days when we watch them just turn in lap after lap after lap, but knowing that there is danger waiting around every corner, I think is, is that's always got to be a selling point. And then, you know, just the, the pure competition and how this race has kind of evolved in, in recent years, um, especially once since the, you know, the, the DW 12 chassis that we've seen these races where these duels at the end of the race, I think have, have, have made for, for stories that we're going to talk about for a long, long time. So uh, getting yourself to the end of the race and then putting yourself in position to be one of those two or three drivers is always something I'm I'm watching throughout the course of the day. Who's the guy that that uh, that first captured your attention in this sport as as a younger guy growing up in in uh, in sports? Man, um, I was born in 1987, and the the 92 finish will probably always anyone in, in my age group or wheelhouse because you you couldn't go anywhere without hearing Bob Jenkins say. Little Al wins by just a few tenths of a second. So seeing that 92 finish and, and Little Al dueling with Scott Goodyear at the end is uh, – you saw it everywhere. You couldn't get away from it. And that was really um, one of the big moments that drew me to the Indianapolis 500. I, I would say Al Jr. When you, you mentioned that you had the chance to call uh, Scott Dixon's flight and, and the – the action of of Elio driving underneath the car, which you may not have seen in the moment, because you took seeing a replay to to know what happened, uh, is that how, how do you listen to that? In terms of a lot of people can't can't appreciate themselves calling a moment like that. How did you think you did? The funny thing, Kurt, is is I actually didn't call that. I called it live. I I had just uh, radioed in to, you know, through our intercom system. I hope this isn't too inside baseball here, but I wanted to do a, a quick note on the air about how I believe it was like the Hooncoast cars with, I think it was Spencer Piggott. They were struggling and dealing with traffic. So Mark sent it out to me uh, in turn two to do a quick note about that. And then all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I see Jay Howard way up out of the groove. So I, I called the accident live and and it's, it, it's no, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it because look, going back, it, it, it is a pretty good call. I, I got extremely lucky because Scott's car landed cockpit side up and facing the turn two basket. So I could see immediately 
that he was okay because in a horrific accident like that, the car lands upside down or there's a ton of smoke. There's always for a broadcaster that amount of time where you certainly don't want to speculate. That's the last thing you want to do, but you've got to fill the airtime, not knowing uh, the safety of the driver. So to know that Scott was okay nearly immediately was a, a big bonus, but it, it was a uh, take your breath away moment and and one that, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's a call I'm pretty proud of, honestly. How is, is it easier to identify the cars in turn two from turn one? I wonder how Jake does it, for example, in turn three, when they're coming at him for such a long distance and the sun might be in his eye or it's bright. Is turn two easier than turn one? It, it honestly, Kurt, it depends on the time of day. Um, turn two becomes very difficult. I've done some Brickyard 400s or, or whatever we've called it over the last 10 years from turn two. And um, when the sun, late in the afternoon, when the sun beats down on those race cars, it, all the color just washes out and it becomes very difficult. They all just look like shiny objects coming at you. Um, so it honestly, it depends on the time of day. Um, for the Indy 500, it, being in turn one, turn two, I haven't found uh, there to be that much of a difference. Um, it, it, the nice thing is that when in turn two, when they go away from you, you've already seen the front of the car. So you can identify who's there. And then when they all just look like, you know, objects with black tires, you know, at the rear of the machine, um, it's still easier to pick them out. But uh, for me, it's always depended on the sunlight and the time of day in terms of where it's easier to see the cars. Do you have a trick uh, for being able to, I think I've heard Jake talk about it, just have to just have to memorize where they were the, the lap before and hope you're close. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, we joke about it. Jake has always said, Hey, whatever, whatever order Michael Young says they're in in turn two, that's probably going to be the order they're going to be coming at him. So you're, you're always constantly, sometimes I'll write down on a sheet of paper throughout the course of like, okay, what's the top five here? What's the top five, 10 laps later, just to kind of keep track um, where it becomes hectic is when we start getting pit stops and especially like, you know, the end of the, the 100th Indianapolis 500 when, you know, nobody had a clue of who could make it on fuel. And, and all of a sudden, I mean, we're, we're relying on the guys in the booth with the electric timing and scoring to let us know, okay, here's Alexander Rossi who stayed out. Joseph Newgarden and Carlos Munoz just pitted. They're running second and third. So we're, we're tracking it as best we can on the turns. But a lot of times we got to rely on that, that timing and scoring, which makes what Sid Collins and, and Paul Page did 50, 60 years ago when they didn't have that all the more impressive because we have a lot of tools at our exposure that, uh, that can help us call a race. Do you have anything in the, in the baskets up there, any monitor? Can you see it? I, I suppose you could see a video board. That's helpful. Yeah, no, I can see a video board in, in turn one, but other than that, I'm, I'm up there with a clipboard filled with notes and a, uh, a handy IMS or IndyCar media guide that I love to thumb through to find a, uh, a stat slip in every once in a while. Anything in the cooler up there with with you? Uh, yeah, I like to take some drinks, and and uh, I'm a big pistachio guy. I like to take some some pistachios to munch on throughout the course of the day. But uh, yeah, no, I I always wish fans always. Last year, I ran into uh, to Bob Kavoyan from the Bob and Tom show, and Bob wanted to offer me a beer before the race, and I'm like, Bob, I, there's nothing I'd I'd love to do more than drink a beer with Bob. But right before the Indy 500 broadcast, you know, the, the professionalism has to set in, Kurt. You, you just can't be out there drinking beers before the broadcast. Well, as important to that, there's no bathroom up there. so No, there's not. You're not escaping that one. Uh, last thing, I guess, uh, 
some of our listeners know that that Jake goes on adventures at these racetracks. What's the uh, the the interesting story you can tell me in in short about this year's trips? Have you has he taken you anywhere uh, on the road that that is interesting this year? You know, unfortunately, not. Um, we we've kind of changed how we've done things the last couple of years due to COVID, where sometimes I'm on the road, sometimes Jake's on the road. And then sometimes we're in the, you know, I stay in Indianapolis and help Mark call the races uh, from a booth, you know, just, just to help with travel and expenses. So I don't get to go on as many adventures with Jake. Um, this past weekend in, in Birmingham, we, we got the team out to a Birmingham Barons baseball game, had a really good time. And of course, as you'll have, we didn't make it manage to get over to Bucky's and, and, you know, take in the, the sights and smells and sounds of that, you know, wonderful place. But no, unfortunately, not as many, uh, not as many wild adventures with Jake, but, but plenty over the years, Kurt, you know that. Yeah. I was just thinking of, of the ones that I've been on that I can't yeah. talk, that I can't talk about. <laughs> so, Hey, it's always good to catch up. Uh, you're, you're predicting, uh, a, an Alex Pillow for Indy 500. Is that where we're going to go into the month? Yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way, Kurt. I, I think Chip Ganassi Racing, I mean, they, one of their cars was going to win the Indy 500 last year, whether it was Pillow, Scott Dixon, and then ultimately it kind of fell to Marcus Erickson. Based on what we saw, I know it's a small sample size from the test session. Chip Ganassi looks like their cars are going to be really strong again. You add Takuma Sato into the mix, a two-time winner, and, and I probably – Right now, wouldn't shy away from from one of their four drivers, and and Alex Below is a guy who I just I think he learned from from that battle with Elio Castroneves. I think he had a chance to win it last year, and and I thought he looked pretty good in the test. Yeah, I did too. Nick Yeoman, keep up the good work. You're doing good work, and uh, we'll get you on the show more often because uh, Jake's got enough airtime. We don't he doesn't need any more. His you know his ego is big enough. So when we come back, Kevin will see what we missed. Ninety three five one zero seven five. The fan. This is. Tra- whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Trackside. Hi, this is Ed Carpenter, and you're listening to Trackside. It's time for the news of the day, brought to you by Circle City Raceway, back with a new clay racing surface. They're racing tonight at the dirt track, 410 steel block sprints, UMP modifieds, Ford Crown Vic, Super Stocks, and Pure Stocks. You can still get there, $15 for ages 13 to 64, children 12 and under free, military, first responders, vets, seniors, teachers, 12 bucks. Circle City Raceway at the Marion County Fairgrounds, circlecityraceway.com. So I'll make our news of the day something I anticipated and mentioned last night when I saw news released from Hunkos Hollinger Racing that one of their Indy Next drivers, Reese Gold, was leaving the team. Mutual agreement effective immediately. And I said, hmm. So I have no sourcing on this. So it wasn't a report. It was just speculation. Uh, you need a source for a report. And I had zero. But yes, today it was announced that Reese Gold has joined HMD motorsports uh so that's uh, unfortunate for hunkos hopefully they can fill that seat and keep everybody employed but when a team has won both races dominating the podiums if contracts are not ironclad and they become openings other drivers start looking around all right uh, a lot of good tweets same thing ran out of time we need more than an hour i like paul dalby's question maybe just because it's kind of interesting that i'm a part of a trivia question we'll discuss that on monday i got one more name for you maybe charlie brockman 
Uh, he was sort of Sid Collins' right-hand man. He was asking who had been on radio and TV broadcasts for the Indy 500 in an official capacity. So I don't know if Charlie was ever on ABC, but he hosted some of those early closed-circuit broadcasts, I think. So does that count? Someone else can give me that answer, and we can relay it coming up on Monday and see who else might make that list. All right, thanks for joining us. Nick Yeoman, kind enough to be on the show tonight. For Kurt and Eddie Garrison, I'm Kevin. And stay tuned, Jake Query and Mike Thompson up next with Beyond the Bricks, 93.5107.5 The Fan.